Stay tuned now for Love Talk with the three love ladies, Evelyn Davison, Carrie Brinkater, and Kathy Endebrock. Today they're starting a new series on three New Testament cities, Athens, Corinth, and Ephesus. Today's city is Athens. This is Evelyn Davison today with uh, Christian Talk, uh, the Love Talk uh, program, Love Talk Network, and we are here at the bridge in the beautiful city of Austin, Texas. And it is a beautiful day in the neighborhood. And in the studio with me are my sweet love ladies, Miss Gary. Hello, listeners and friends. This is Coach Carrie Brinkater. So happy to be with you today. And in studio today, not on the phone from Boise. She's in studio in the flesh. Beautiful as always is our lovely friend, Kathy Indebrock. It is so much fun to be here. Oh, my goodness. It's such a different vibe in the studio than calling in from Boise. And, you know, I... I don't care where I am in the world. I will always call in to spend time with you ladies. But being here, there is something about connection and making connection when you are face-to-face. And, you know, we have been praying and praising around America and talking about that. And this summer, I got to go praying and praising to New Testament cities of Athens and Corinth and Ephesus and the island of Patmos. And so... I'm going to talk about what I've just learned. We're going to do a series on uh, these New Testament locations and how the followers of Christ, uh, two particular apostles, Paul and John, really made connections and they made friends. They made a difference. And in one situation, they just made the most of it. Because sometimes, ladies, you just got to make the most of it. You bet. We're in a time like that right now. But, you know, the best connection in the world is with the Lord Jesus and to pray pray and praise him. And that's kind of what we're doing uh, in this season is we're preparing for some great events, Kathy. Mm -hmm. And I know we're going to uh, Washington, D.C. on um, November the 6th. Uh, the 6th, 7th, and 8th. We're going to, Nash- to Colorado Springs first and then on over to D.C. We're gonna, what are we going to do when we get there? We're going to call on every... We're going to call on every U.S. senator. We're going to visit every single member of the House. And we're going to present them with a book, Praying and Praising Across Texas, or Praying and Praising Across America, that Evelyn, you just a labor of love for you. And you reached out and pulled together leaders from around the nation who are engaged in prayer and prayer ministries, and including uh, leaders within the National Day of Prayer and Graham Lotz uh, as well, who's the new chairman of the National Day of Prayer, and just so many key leaders. And we're going to go to Washington and pray with our leaders and let them know that America is praying praying. for them and that we do realize the burden is not on their shoulders, that Jesus Christ is the answer to fixing and getting our nation on the right track, but that he has given them the privilege for such a time as this to do some pretty amazing things and to be some movers and shakers in Washington. I'm looking forward to that trip. I'm looking forward to it. What about you, Miss Carrie? Are you going to be praying for us or are you going to be going with us? Well, you know, I'm super excited. I'm going to talk to my husband, and, and <laughs> I, I really want to go on this trip. I do. I would love to do this with you ladies. Um, I think it is phenomenal what you have done, Miss Evelyn. And listeners, you know, I, I just want you guys to understand something. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how young you are. I don't care what condition your life is in. You can make a difference. I mean, Miss Evelyn is making a difference. She has put this together. She's been working on her book, I would say, for about a, a year, year and a yeah. half, right? Year and a year and a half or so. Worked on this book. She's 86 years old, and she's taking a trip to Washington D.C. to tell people 
that we love them, that she loves them, that God loves them, and that she's praying for them. Wow. It's it's amazing. So don't don't let anything in your life be a limitation. And Ms. Evelyn, you're just such a testament to that. It's such a blessing. Well, you're so sweet. You know, it's because we have good friends like you, sweet ladies. <laughs> uh, and And through the years, the Lord just little by little trains us and motivates our heart to be a representative and connect with him and connect with the world around us. And connection, you know, we I grew up in a time when we didn't have telephones. In fact, my grandparents had a well and had um, um, kerosene lamps. They didn't have electricity. And we think now, Kathy, what it takes for us to connect around the world in less than 30 seconds. Oh, well, I I tell you, it's interesting because making a difference begins with making a connection. Mm -hmm. And we have this unique privilege at this time in the history of the world where we can reach out and make a connection. We can make it across the street, uh, across the screen, over the phone lines. But the most important thing that we're going to learn today, and we're going to watch how Paul did this, is that making a connection Face-to-face is the greatest connection mm-hmm. you can make. And, um, you know, I love that in in Genesis we get to see Abraham, or excuse me, Moses, uh, meeting with God face-to-face. And uh, that is such an incredible principle that, that we get when we want to make a difference. It starts with making a connection. And so we're going to look at how we got to do that face-to-face, how Paul did it in Athens mm-hmm. and how we get to do it today within our families, with our friends, in our neighborhood and community. And we are going to get to go uh, in November and make a difference face-to-face, making a connection in D.C. Well, it's going to be exciting, and it is exciting even thinking about it and playing about it because mm-hmm. nothing happens apart from a plan. Mm. Nothing happens apart from God's plan. And in Jeremiah, God gave us the evidence of that when he said, I know, I know. The Jeremiah, plans I have for you. Mm-hmm. For you. They're good for not, they're for good and not evil. For what reason? That you might have a future and you might have hope. And so we're just, we're hope planners. And that's what we're going to be talking about today is those that, that the Lord Jesus moved moved in our lives in a way that we can be connected one to another, connected to him, and then reach out and and feel and experience the love that 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 we have in the lives of others. And so we have a scripture verse, don't we, Kathy? We do. And I, I love this one. And it actually, uh, <laughs> I'm looking for my reference here. It is the God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth, and he does not live in temples built by human hands. And, uh, Acts pa- 17. Acts 17. 24. I knew it was from 17 or 18. <laughs> 17, 24. Um, so we're going to take a look at that. Who is this Lord of heaven? Uh, and, and why was Paul speaking to the Athenians and making the point that God does not live in temples built by human hands? Why was that important? We're going to see how... Um, Paul shares the truth of God's character, shares the truth of God's word in relevant ways. And so, you know, I want to get into this a little bit uh, with you. If you don't mind me, ladies, I'm going to step into some of this. So we're going to start out um, 
in the city of Athens. And, you know, we can read about Paul's missionary journey in Acts in 17 and 18. And uh, when Paul went to Athens on his second missionary journey, we're looking right about the years between 50 and 52 A.D. So this is a bit more than like 15 years since the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And um, Athens was one of the oldest cities of ancient, ancient Greece. Now, it was the epicenter of education, philosophical thought. When you think of Athens, you might think of Socrates. Uh, they had open democ- democratic discussion that took place every day in the marketplace, or what they called the Agora. Mm-hmm. That was their marketplace. Kathy, I want to stop you right there before you go on to the next point. I find this fascinating because in Athens, because it was a bunch of philosophers and you know thinkers, right? Mm-hmm. They engaged in the art of debate. Yes, which we have lost in our society today. If I have a disagreement with you um, and we view a certain situation differently, instead of being able to logically and critically express how I feel about the situation and you to logically and critically express how you feel about the situation and for us to talk about that in a civil and logical way, we have become a society where if you disagree with me, then you are a hater. Mm-hmm. Right. And so this is something that that further intrigues me about Paul's journeys, because he's in a place where he was actually trained. Paul was actually trained in the art of mm-hmm. debate. And it is an art. Um, my, my daughter is very good at it. By the way. <laughs> I am too. <laughs> and it's not it's something I don't want to do. It's not arguing. It is an art of presenting mm-hmm. um, facts and um, statements in a logical way. And so I want our listeners to think about that as you continue to set the stage here mm-hmm. of what Paul was going through. That is so true. I think, you know, we talk about free speech in this country, and it seems to be a little bit less about free speech and debate and more about uh, the ability to shout the loudest right, and absolutely. hold the biggest sign. So, right. yeah, let's think about how we can talk together and discuss things over. And, you know, God even tells us in Isaiah, hey, come on and argue the matter over with me. So he does mm-hmm. this this uh, principle of talking through something, working through something. It is the mark of a mature and healthy uh, person, uh, mature spirituality. Um, okay, so Athens, get this. This is this is going to kind of give you an idea for Athens. It was named after the goddess Athena. Okay, so the, even the name of the city is focused on worship of this god Athena. And in Athens, everywhere in the city, you can look up and on the top of this, it's called the Acropolis. And Acropolis just means the highest point of the city. So up on this, uh, the highest point of the city on this hill, for all the Athenians to see, for all the Athenians to be able to stop and worship at any time, is the Parthenon, mm-hmm. um, and it is a temple for the goddess Athena. And um, I want to just lay down where Paul has been before we go to our break. Okay, so Paul, up to this point in his journey, he has seen incredible miracles. Churches strengthened, increasing in number daily. The most unlikely men transformed by the love of Christ. Women, both wealthy and poor, accepting salvation with joy. The Holy Spirit working, healing, indwelling new believers. 
he also has experienced terrible hardship, being stoned and left for dead, beaten with rods, put in stocks, imprisoned, chased out of town. And Paul is coming into Athens alone. Mm -hmm. He had to leave the last town he Mm -hmm. was in. He told his friends Timothy and Silas, hey, meet me in Athens after you're finished in in Macedonia. But what we're going to see is... Uh, Timothy and Silas never even caught up with Paul in Athens, so he was on his own, you know. And But the one thing that Paul knows is that he is never, never alone. alone. And, listener, you are never alone when you have your hand in the hand of Jesus Christ. We need to uh, take a break and uh, hear from our sponsors or sponsors that make this program uh, possible and uh, we're looking forward to hearing from them when we get back we are going to look at the three principles that Paul engaged when he needed to connect with those around him that you and me and everyone here listening can use those same principles when they are connecting around them to share the good news of Jesus Christ right after this You know, the world has changed, and getting connected is really no longer a trend. It's a reality, and it's happening all around you, leaving you to wonder, how do you get connected to your customers while staying ahead of the digital revolution and your competition? Well, Texas SEO is a Christian-based online marketing company, and they're the partner you can always rely on to navigate through the ever-evolving digital landscape. To schedule your free consultation and digital analysis, call Texas SEO at 1-888-988-9736 or visit the website texasseo.com or simply Google Christian SEO Company and you'll find them in the first position. Ellison Salazar, Garage and Body Shop. At Ellison Salazar, customer satisfaction is our main concern. For a tune-up or major body work, Central Texans have trusted Ellison Salazar for over 55 years. Ellison Salazar, hail damage specialist, smoothing out life's dents and bumps. Big or small for you and your car. Now at three locations, south at 4501 South Congress, north at 88 Research Boulevard and New Northwest location at 8425 Anderson Mill Road. Call 444-5555. That's 444-5555. Ellison Salazar. Fixing your auto problems and needs with a happy face and the best professional touch. George Christensen and his family at Casa Mechanical Services are longtime friends and sponsors for Love Talk, Love Walk. These CASA friends are professionals with more than 40 years' experience in providing heating, air conditioning, plumbing, and electrical services in the Austin area. If your heating isn't heating, your cooling isn't cooling, or your drains aren't draining, well, then you need to call our friends at CASA at 334-7300. They provide sales and service on all major brands from professionals you can trust. So, big jobs or little jobs, it doesn't matter. Call CASA at 334-7300. From inspiration to insurance and protection, all for serving the Lord Jesus. We all need insurance. Why not work with an agent that understands the biblical principle of protection and risk management to insure your family's future? Ray and Justin Garner are Christian business professionals who will put a Christian perspective on your insurance and inspiration needs. For auto, home, life, business, health, boat, motorcycle, RV, and dental, and church protection needs, Ray, Justin, and the 
Tijuana can be reached at 626-4880 or 986-4944 for church protection, personal protection, and business protection. Ray and Justin are independent Texas businessmen that have dedicated their lives and business to the advancement of spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ through Austin Triad Ministries. Call Ray Garner Insurance Agency and ask for Ray at 626-4880 or Justin at 986-4944. You're listening to Love Talk with Evelyn Davison and her co-hosts, Carrie Brinkater and Kathy Endebrock. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to Love Talk. You are here on today's Christian Talk, 1120 AM, The Bridge. We are in studio today. I am Coach Carrie Brinkader. We have our lovely and talented Mrs. Kathy Indebrock with us, and always the, the beautiful Miss Evelyn Davison. Thank you so much for joining us today. We're getting a history lesson, which I absolutely love. I think that... You know, so many times we look at the Bible in a way that this was written at a time and you don't really think about what was actually going on whenever Paul was taking his journeys. You don't think about what life was like in these places, Athens, Corinth, Ephesus, the island of Patmos. You don't really think about what was going on around. And so Kathy is taking us through what was going on in Athens as Paul visited what types of people was he encountering, and how he connected with these people. Kathy, I'm sure this trip for you was over-the-top amazing. It, it was really mind-blowing. And uh, one of the things that I, I, I really learned that, that really God drove home with me is that all of these different cities that the apostles visited, they were made up of very different people. I mean, when we come to Athens, we're going to look at philosophers, thinkers, men who were driven by logic. When we go and visit Corinth, we're yeah. going to see a portside town that is wild and <laughs> wow, crazy. Yeah. all day long. <laughs> and we're going to go and visit Ephesus on, an, on another uh, program, and we're going to see just how focused everyone was on, on just continual worship of not many gods, but one god in particular. And then we're going to visit Patmos, where it's like a prison colony, and yet we're going to see uh, these followers of Jesus Christ go and share the same good news. They Mm -hmm. didn't change the gospel. They didn't twist the gospel. They didn't alter it. They shared the same good news, made these connections, and made a difference, and and, and we're going to get to go through and see that. And so today we're talking about Athens, and that's what our show is going to be focused on. And so we just gave a little bit of background about what Athens was like in that first segment. And I do want to add one more thing, Kathy, yeah, before me. you get into your connections, um, that in Athens there were two kind of, I guess, different types of people, very different types of people. You had the Epicureans mm-hmm. who, you know, their philosophy on life is eat, drink, and be merry, right? Yeah. And um, and then you had the Stoics mm-hmm. who Stoics. were more, um, I guess, thinkers, and they believed in kind of depriving themselves and pursuing harmony with all the things around, yeah. right? So you've got opposing forces here that are, that are still both... A, Engaging in debate and, and 
and engaging in this high level of thinking, but they have very different philosophies. Well, and we see that in the same way. I mean, the Epicureans were pretty much like feed the flesh. Whatever yeah. feels good feels, you know, is good. So the Stoics are very much like, no, master the flesh, you yeah. know. And, and we and, want to know the mysteries. They looked for the mysteries. Yes. Oh, that's good. Yeah. When and we... And yeah. turn to nature a lot. I mean, if you would say tree huggers, those would be the Stoics. Yeah. <laughs> right. We, right. we were in Greece uh, on our 25th wedding anniversary, would you believe? A place to go was Athens. And uh, I, I was so um, enamored with how they respected things. Each one seemed like have their own little territory. And, you know, when I, and I think that was probably the way it was when Paul was there. They were very private, you know. They weren't like the people at Corinth in that they they held up standards. Uh, they held up reasoning and thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that happened that was really uh, interesting, uh, a side note for, for your good study, is we were on an elevator with a part of our group, and our pastor's wife was with us. And uh, they started, we started the elevator to go up. Well, it got hung, and then they were trying to release it, and uh, they couldn't release it. And the elevators open, doors open like our door in a community, mm-hmm. uh, open, you know, inward. And it had to be flush with that floor to be able to open the door. I don't know, we were there uh, two hours and finally, the pastor's wife said, Evelyn, why don't you pray? You know how to pray. <laughs> get, let's get connected. But, you know, the thing that I observed there was the sense of the people uh, who were from these two different um, mindsets. And, and I know that's probably one of the things that you found. But, you know, the thing about connecting is that Paul was there at a time that's so different from our time today. And he came wounded and weary and and they you know they even put him in prison uh, you know it was not a good life that he chose to be there but god had sent him there for what purpose he wanted him to connect with the people that think and they thought so much that they wanted to cover everything <laughs> everything but they had one death marker or one shrine that was different from all the others what was that kathy you mean the one um, idol or one statue that they had? Okay, there is one because I want everyone to understand when you walk around Athens, even yes. even when you go through ancient Athens today, you can see all these places where statues were. Yes. I mean, every you know square foot of the ground. I mean, there'd be a path that you can navigate, but all over the marketplace, up on the Acropolis grounds, there are statues everywhere to every god you can imagine. I mean. To Zeus and Athena and um, Demeter and Ares and uh, and even Pan, you know the what we would yeah. the, the god of nature. Uh, but and then there was this one statue, and <laughs> it was to the unknown uh, no, God. Uh, and so we're going to get to see how Paul really draws on this mm-hmm. because. When we look at these principles for connecting, we have to be willing to be positive and engaging. And the thing that really surprised me is that um, when Paul was walking around ancient Athens, and he must have been kind of weary and tired, Timothy and Silas hadn't arrived. He was by himself, no friends. 
everywhere he looked, there were statues to all these different mm-hmm. gods. At the highest point of the city, there was a Parthenon to Athena. The city itself was named after Athena, a god. There's breathtaking temples. It's all overwhelming. And I would imagine, you know, as a disciple coming into this thinking, there is no room in these people's hearts for the one true God. They have it filled up with all of these other things. They're interested in talking and debating about how they are right and um, and what are the latest fads and the latest news coming out of the latest city. And, um, you know, but we see that Paul didn't throw his hands in the air, and and I want to understand when we look at Acts seventeen sixteen, it gives us a picture of where Paul was at. It says, while Paul was waiting for Timothy and Silas in Athens, he was deeply troubled by all the idols he saw everywhere in the city, and that's in Acts seventeen sixteen. You can go back there and read that, listeners. Um, we are talking about statues of gods, temples for gods, altars for sacrifices to gods, lengthy discussions about gods in the marketplace. And But we see Paul did not throw his hands in the air. He did not conclude that these people were worthless and couldn't be reached. Instead, he chose to engage and make a positive connection. And that's what we see when we want to connect we have to engage and we have to make a positive connection because if someone goes and shakes your hand and they have one of those little buzzers in their hand <laughs> and it buzzes, you jerk your hand away right yeah. mm-hmm. but yeah. you shake someone's hand and that is warm and friendly you're willing to draw in you're willing to draw closer and so we see that when 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 Paul stepped in first he went to the synagogue to reason with the Jews and the god-fearing Gentiles and then he spoke daily in the public square that's the marketplace that's the agora that's where everybody went to go and have discussions he was willing to talk to all who happened to be there not exclude anyone and he also had a debate as um, Carrie was mentioning earlier with the Epicurean and Stoic philosophers and then these philosophers took him to the high council of the city and they <laughs> told him come and tell us about the, this mm-hmm. new teaching they said you are saying some rather strange things and we want to know what it's all about and we're going to be going to our break I want our listeners to understand when they took him to the high council of the city that was the Oropagus council this is the same uh, a council, you know, a different group of men, but the same council who sentenced Socrates to death by yeah. drinking poison because he did not believe in all the gods and he taught his pupils not to believe in all the gods. So these um, philosophers are taking Paul, inviting, if you will, Paul to come and talk to the Oropagus mm-hmm. to share what he is talking about. And uh, we're going to see what happens when Paul goes and talks to uh, the Oropagus up on what's called Mars Hill. Well, I think it's such an interesting perspective. You have to when you when you put it like that, you have to think about how Paul felt at this point. He knew Socrates had been mm-hmm. had been sentenced to death. He knew that that happened. I mean, can you? He's human. I mean, he's a great preacher, and he's going to do whatever it takes to get Jesus' word out there. I mean, it's very evidenced in that he's already been thrown in prison and put in shackles and beaten and all of these things. I'm sure he's thinking, oh, great, here we go again. This could be it. But you know what? 
doesn't matter. I'm going to go share the good news. So listeners, when we return, we will talk about how Paul continued to connect with these people, even though there was an element of danger, especially for his life. And the people were so different that they were hungry for something. Looking. And Paul connected with them. We'll get to that right after these messages. you want on the world of culture, the world of entertainment, the world of finances, information you need for your world. Today's Christian Talk 1120, The Bridge. Hi, this is Steve Washburn, pastor at First Baptist Church, Pflugerville. We're the ones who just built that beautiful new 33,000 square foot worship center there on Pecan Street, just as Town. Say, listen, if you're looking for a church home, I wish you'd come check us out. Lots of other folks sure are. We're one of the fastest growing fellowships in the Austin area. We're trying our best to offer something for everyone. No matter what your situation in life, you'll find good friends here. I know I'm biased, but I believe we have some of the most uplifting worship services you'll find anywhere. Many of you are familiar with Tom Cotter and his praise band, By Design. We're fortunate to have them leading our modern worship experience at the 11 o'clock hour on Sunday mornings. That's our largest and fastest growing group. But I'm also excited about something new we're trying in our 9 o'clock hour. Daniel Reclue is one of the area's most gifted choral directors, and he has reinvented one of the only genuinely traditional worship services in the area for those of you who are boomers and long to return to the joyful worship of your youth. Listen, Google us at First Baptist Pflugerville and come see us. Day after day, we are constantly hearing about how bad everything is. Isn't it about time to hear about what's right and good? Isn't it time for some good news? If your answers are yes, then you need the Good News Journal. The Good News Journal is published by KTXW's own Evelyn Davidson and is packed with news and information about the good things that are happening. With a healthy dose of hope, happiness, and humor, the Good News Journal is distributed free throughout Central Texas at hundreds of locations, including Walmart, Popeye Chicken, Central Market, Bob Bullock Museum, libraries, churches, and other locations. And did we say the Good News Journal is free? For advertising information or to have an article published call good news journal at 249-6535 the good news journal is an inspirational patriotic journal published bi-monthly to bring you god's good news the good news journal 249-6535 or read it online at the goodnewsjournal.net let's return now to love talk with evelyn davison carrie brinkater and kathy enderbrock Hello, friends. Welcome back to today's Christian Talk. We're so excited that you are with us today. We are talking about Athens and Paul and journeys and connections. Um, Kathy had an amazing experience this summer where she was able to actually visit Athens and experience um, walking in the same places that Paul walked and the same places where Paul taught, uh, which I think is phenomenal and amazing. Kathy, as you were talking about how Paul engaged in a positive way with uh, the Stoics, the Epicureans, um, with this council, it, it reminded me of, you know, our kids went on a mission trip this summer. They went to, um, they went to Georgia. And... Um, it's it's interesting because they're there in Atlanta, Georgia, and it's a group of about 150 different people groups in this international village. 
and there's a gentleman there who who is a Christian and he runs an organization there, but he learns everything he can about these people groups so that he can find a way to tell them about Jesus. Because without that connection, he wouldn't be able to show that he loves them, that he cares about them. Um, he found, he's, he's constantly seeking for ways to connect. And I think that my children really benefit, benefited from that, um, showing them that there's different ways that you can connect with people. And that's exactly what Paul was doing. So, Kathy, when, when you, we left before break, Paul is about to go up to Mars Hill and speak to to this this council. Yeah, and this council was like the judging council of the city. So, mm-hmm. I mean, they kind of kept the peace. They they addressed the problems. You know, Socrates, I think it was about 500 years earlier. Mm-hmm. I might be wrong on that. I think it was sometime around the 3rd century got sentenced to death, right? Same council. I mean, obviously different men, <laughs> but the, the same council. And so we see when Paul walked into the city and uh just gods, statues of gods everywhere, worship of gods taking place everywhere, altars for gods, discussions about gods. Um, he remained positive. He engaged. And you, when you make a connection, when you are focused on making a connection, you must be engaging in positive. The second thing that we see about Paul is he was relevant and truthful. Mm-hmm. You can never be relevant and compromise truth. And you can never share truth if it's not relevant. Mm. Because if you share truth and it's not relevant, they go, well, what, what does that matter to me? Okay, so let's look at how Paul was relevant and truthful. Evelyn, you mentioned this statue of the unknown God. And yes. so Paul laid this foundation, this bridge, by relating key elements that he had seen in ha- Athens to the truth of Scripture. Mm-hmm. Was very smart. That's very smart. Very, very smart, man. <laughs> So uh, he had seen man-made temples. He had heard um, Athenian poetry identifying man as the offspring of God. He had seen these idols made by human hands. And then before this council, he saw their recognition of, of the need for an appointed judge who extends justice. Uh, within uh, and among man. And so I, I want to read this section to you because it's, it's just, it gives you such a clear understanding of what happened. It's from Acts 17. It starts at verse 23 and goes to 31. And, and so Paul is brought before the council, and this is what he says. I and love I, it. I love I, it. I want you to hear this. Okay, Paul says, As uh, I was walking lucky. along, I saw your many shrines. And one of your altars had this inscription on it, to an unknown God. And it is this God whom you worship without knowing. He is the one I am telling you about. (laughs) He is the God who made the world and everything in it. And since he is Lord of heaven and earth, he doesn't live in man-made temples. And I just want to interject here. From Mars Hill, you look straight across and you see the Parthenon. Mm -hmm. Okay. You You see the temple that was made for Athena. And I can just imagine... Paul pointing his right arm, extending it out to the temple and saying, this God does not live in man-made temples. Mm -hmm. And he says, human hands cannot serve his needs for he has no needs. He himself gives life and breath to everything and he satisfies every need. 
And I want to interject again, in that one statement, he would have been addressing both the Stoics and the Epicureans. Listening, friends, he would have been addressing you and your need. He gives you life and breath and everything in it. So I'm going to continue from here. It says, from one man, he created all nations throughout the whole earth. He decided beforehand when they should rise and fall, and he determined their boundaries. And his purpose was for the nations to seek after God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. Mm. Though he is not far from any of us, for in him we live and move and exist as some of your own poets. This is him talking to the Greeks. As some of your own poets have said, quote, we are his offspring. And since this is true, we shouldn't think of God as an idol designed by craftsmen from gold or silver or stone. And then Paul really, I don't know, he doesn't let the hammer down, but he gets real serious because this is where he's bringing them to account. He says, I'm continuing here, God overlooked people's ignorance about these things in earlier times, but now he commands everyone everywhere to repent and turn from their sins and turn to him. For he has set a day for judging the world with justice by the man he has appointed. And he proved to everyone who this is by raising him from the dead. And what did he do? He just shared the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because who is it that Christ, that, that, who is it that God raised from the dead? But Jesus Christ, who had just been raised from the dead about 15 years earlier. And there were still men, women alive who could attest to that, who Mm -hmm. could witness to that, who could say, I was there. I saw him dead. I I saw them uh, shove a spear in his side. I saw that the water and blood were separated. I saw him buried in the tomb. And then three days later, I, I sat with him and I ate. Like, I, I saw him. He talked to me. And so it's amazing. Paul is relevant and truthful. He doesn't go in condemning them. Mm-hmm. He doesn't go in cons- uh, insulting them. He says, here are the elements that you hold dear. Now, let me put this into perspective from God's perspective and scripture and I love it because when when Paul is talking to them, he even addresses them, men of Athens, I can see that you're very pious. He doesn't come in condemning. He comes in a positive way. And I have just fallen in love with Paul all over again on this mm-hmm. journey. You know, it is an exciting thing to think. You know, 300 years, uh, a long time for a nation. America's, you know, way short of that. And the the changes that happened when Paul went to Mars and began to reveal the true, one true God. I mean, that's what he addressed. He connected with the people, but he gave them a gift. That is so true. And, I mean, I think whenever we we connect, we have to understand that we are being a relational, that there is this importance of FaceTime. And what do you love? I remember always going and visiting my grandma, and I loved visiting my grandma because whenever I showed up at my grandma's house, I'd get my kiss on my cheek, I'd get my big hug, and she'd always say, oh, I have something for you. <laughs> 
and I always wanted what she had for me, and I knew it was going to be good. I knew I was going to love it, <laughs> and I think that as we are connecting, as we are engaging in positive, as we are relevant and truthful, then we make sure we are relational, that we establish those relationships with with FaceTime, one-on-one, and that we do share that gift that Christ has given us in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, when when we look at it from that point of view, um, we have to look at what the difference is during Paul's day and the difference today in Athens. What did you see today as you were there? Okay, so... And what did you feel? It was, it, it was phenomenal. I mean, we... So it, it's I couldn't believe it when the tour guide told me 98% of Greece is Christian. Mm-hmm. I said, what? You know, mm-hmm. what, is that, what does that mean? You know? Orthodox, yeah. Yeah. No, so they're Orthodox Greek, a Greek Orthodox. Um, mm-hmm. And so they really follow, really hold very closely. Like when, when we talk about the books, Book of Acts in general terms, I would be very dear to their heart. And so they have really held closely to the original teaching of the church to, you know, the New Testament when, you know, those Paul gave those letters to Corinth and Ephesus and he sent out those letters to Thessalonica. I mean, those are very dear to the church and and they abide by them. They stay within them. Um, they uh, revere, highly revere the apostles. I mean, I going into a Greek Orthodox church is very ornate, mm-hmm. um, but I, I mean, I felt very much a sense of, you know, the. I mean, how do you say the spirit resides here? I don't want to sound super spiritual and have yeah. people go, oh it's my goodness, all of his presence. But, but it is, it is a sense of his presence. And you could talk about Christ with the taxi driver. Mm-hmm. You could talk, you know, and I mean, it's not like everyone is walking around. God bless you. God bless you. Right. I mean, it, yeah. it's not like that. But there, you know, there is no more idol worship. Now, the whole mythology around Zeus and mm-hmm. Athena and all like that is viewed as man's way to explain uh, the 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 downfall of man and mm-hmm. the greediness of man and the the vices of man um, and then the virtues as well and to try and contrast those so there is nobody in Athens who has a statue of Athena and is worshiping it. It's just, it's not there. So it's amazing. We see the impact uh, that started with Paul in Athens and that continued after he left. Yeah. And that started with connection. Yes. And then it, it developed with relationships. Yes. And that is important for us today, Kathy, because we're living in a nation not like Greece. We're living in a nation today where anything is legal. Anything is open. And that's one of the reasons that we're so excited uh, about going to Washington, D.C. To go to this. That's what Paul did. That's where the action was. Mm -hmm. So. And, you know, and I know we're going to go to break here. This is what I want to tell our listeners. When everyone around you is not, doesn't seem interested in God and the gospel, don't just shake your head and say there's no room. Look for those ways that you can engage in a positive way. Look for those ways that you can be relevant and share the truth. Be willing to to, uh, build those relationships. We're going to talk more about making connections so that you can make a difference. We're going to hear a word from our sponsors and be back with you right after this.
Tim Smith Landscaping. Wow, these guys know what they're doing. Tim Smith has been taking care of landscaping since he was knee-high to a yucca. And they can come to your house and turn a yucky-looking yard into a show place. Take a drab, boring commercial or residential piece of property and turn it into a place that you'll be proud to call home or proud to call your business. There's simply no better choice for landscaping than Tim Smith. 512-848-0659 or 512-258-0093 or www.timsmithlandscaping.com. You know, the world has changed and getting connected is really no longer a trend. It's a reality. And it's happening all around you, leaving you to wonder, how do you get connected to your customers while staying ahead of the digital revolution and your competition? Well, Texas SEO is a Christian-based online marketing company, and they're the partner you can always rely on to navigate through the ever-evolving digital landscape. To schedule your free consultation and digital analysis, call Texas SEO at 1-888-988-9736 or visit the website texasseo.com or simply Google Christian SEO Company and you'll find them in the first position. One more segment of Love Talk right now with your host, Evelyn Davison, and her co-hosts, Kathy Endebrock and Carrie Brinkater. Welcome back, listeners, to today's Christian Talk. You are here, here with the love ladies, Miss Evelyn Davison, Mrs. Kathy Endebrock, and I am Coach Carrie Brinkater. Kathy had just an amazing opportunity this summer to visit ancient Greece, to visit uh, a place where... Paul walked and taught about Jesus Christ. Kathy, you've taken us through how Paul made connections with people who were very different. Um, the Stoics, who were kind of, as you put it, the tree huggers at the time, <laughs> wanting to connect with all things and and be at one with the universe, per se. And then um, the Epicureans, you know, who were all about, well, live it up, because <laughs> you never know if you have tomorrow. You know, eat, drink, and be merry. And how this group of 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 this council was had a history of keeping track, keeping score, keeping Athens kind of in line. And if somebody didn't necessarily believe like they did, like Socrates, who was debatably the best philosopher of all time, mm-hmm. debatably. Did you get that little pun mm-hmm. there? Okay. Um, yeah, well done. <laughs> was the best philosopher of all time. He was sentenced to death by this very council. And so Paul was taking a risk here, as he always did, talking about Jesus. And, you know, Kathy, you've said Paul was positive. He was engaging. He was relevant. He was truthful. But I think the most important thing is that he was relational. You know, we've got these computers nowadays, and, um, you know, it's disheartening to me sometimes when you're in a group or you're at dinner and you look at the table next to you and everybody's got their head and their phone. And looking people eye to eye and face to face is becoming something that we don't value very much anymore. Um, but yet, it's the strongest way to relate, to, to, to make a connection mm-hmm. with somebody. Yes. So... Uh, Relational, Kathy, tell us how Paul did this. Well, you know, I think that we really need to consider this because 
you know, we do spend a lot of our time learning by looking at the back of people's heads, you know. <laughs> but True. we can only connect by looking at faces. And uh, so, you know, if we wonder why we're not making those connections, if we're wondering why we're not having those relationships, we really need to ask ourselves if we are spending as much time looking at faces as we are looking at the back of people's heads. You know, can Mm -hmm. we name every hairstyle in our church and in our workplace, you know, or can we tell or can we name the different colors of eyes that each of our coworkers have? Mm -hmm. So, you know, we need to, do you know what color your neighbor's eyes are? That's a good question, right? FaceTime, being relational, it's important. You have to get face-to-face with individuals, and Paul was willing to do that. Also, you know, Carrie, as you you pointed out, like the Oropagus, that council, could have sentenced Paul to death. Oh, right there on the right? spot. Yeah, mm-hmm. there, was, there was no bodyguard. Paul had no bodyguard to step in and protect him. He had been beaten. He had been stoned and left for dead. He didn't even have any mates with him. That's right. No, Timothy and Silas hadn't made it yet. He's probably wondering, I told him to come straight here from Macedonia. (laughs) Where are they? Where are they? (laughs) Right. And uh, so, you know, sometimes we have to be willing to stand. And and I want to share this with our listeners. You know, there are times when... Uh, the Lord will prompt you to speak before you have built relationships, but generally he has you make that connection at least before uh, you do speak. And so I want you to think about that. Um, and different people are going to respond in different ways. That's okay. And we even see this with Paul. And in Acts 17, uh, 32 through 34, we kind of pick up a little bit towards the end of the story. And uh, in response to what Paul shared, here, here is what scripture says was the response. It says, some laughed in contempt. Can you deal with that? Mm-hmm. If some laugh at you in contempt? Okay, some laughed in contempt. Others said, we want to hear more about this later. Some joined him and became believers. And among them were Dionysus, a member of the Oropagus Council, mm-hmm. a woman named Damaris, and others with them. So some people said, we wow, are we've been waiting in. for this. We have been waiting for this. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for being bold. Like, yes to Jesus. And, you know, seeing their lives transformed and, you know, having heaven open to eternal life and being brought into that relationship with the Father and being filled with the Holy Spirit, which we're going to see later in Paul's journey as well, the importance of being filled with that Holy Spirit. And then some people laughed in contempt. Now, when people laughed in contempt, did Paul say, I'm never doing this again. They laughed at me. (laughs) No. he. You know, everyone is responsible for their own responses. And... Carrie, you you, you kind of pointed out during break, and I never really thought about this, but the member of the Oropagus Council who joined him was named Dionysus. And what is significant about that name? Dionysus is actually a a character in Greek mythology Mm -hmm. who is the god of wine, of winemaking, of fertility, of all things a party and have fun. Mm-hmm. And so I, I just kind of find this kind of ironic and funny um, that he is the one of the Oropagus Council that says, you know what? Yeah. No, I don't care who I'm named after. I'm going to embrace this Jesus that you're talking about. Thank you for sharing this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Kathy, when you look at the responses of people, you know, I, 
I, I had this so many times in coaching. You know, when you're coaching a team of, let's say, 10 women, right, you're going to have about five who say, yes, I'm on board. I gotcha. This is awesome, right? And those are the people who are who are buying in, right? The, this Dionysus, this Damaris, the others, right? You're going to have about three that say, eh, well, I, I might buy in, but it's going to take me a while. I, I don't know. I'm real skeptical. I don't, I don't love everything. What else is do, on the table? Right? What else, what else right? And then you're going to have the one or two that are going to say, Psh, I don't like anything you do. I think you're dumb. I think you're stupid. I don't think you know what you're doing. And instead of rejoicing about the five that have have bought in, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes we get caught up on the one or two that are not buying in. And I think Paul is a great uh, example for us that, you know, of of strength and of what God wants us to do. God, you know, Jesus is going to have to give us some thick skin sometimes mm-hmm. um, because not everybody is going to buy in. And that's okay. There'll be somebody else that comes along that maybe speaks differently than you do or can connect in a different way with those people And that's okay. We don't have to be everything to everybody. But our job is to get the word out. And that's what Paul is doing. And I think he was able to continue to reach out to make connection because of the connection that he had. Mm -hmm. What connection was that, Miss Evelyn? With the Lord Jesus. That is the most important connection that we can have And when we step out, you know, as disciples of Christ, you know, we talk about this Paul. And and I realize there may be some listeners that are like, well, they're talking about a guy named Paul. I don't know who Paul is. You know, Paul was an apostle of Christ who only met Christ after the resurrection, who only met Christ after he had ascended into heaven. Paul was actually Saul. And Saul was someone who went around holding coats while Christians were getting stoned. Mm. Saul was someone who rejoiced in killing Christians. Saul was someone who went and sought approval from the Pharisees and Mm -hmm. sought permission to go and seek out Christians and drag them back to Jerusalem Mm -hmm. to be stoned. And Jesus met Paul. What was the first thing that happened? He, there was a, a bright light and he said, Saul, Saul, why are you, why are you persecuting me? And I think that when everything, whenever anything happens against a child of Christ, uh, it happens personally to Christ. Mm-hmm. And when you reach out and recognize Christ, when you recognize this unknown God, as Paul had clearly pointed out to uh, the Seropagus Council, that this unknown God, that's who we're talking about. There may be individuals who say, yeah, there's a God out there, but you can't know him. I want you to say, let me tell you mm-hmm. about what I know and how I know him and how I have a relationship with them. No one can dispute your testimony. That is your testimony. It is not up for dispute. Paul had a testimony because He became Paul, but he was first known as Saul. And um, 
If you know Jesus Christ, you are a child of Christ, and no one can dispute that. And that's what you want to be sharing, the good news of the change that has happened in your heart and in your life. And there's a a scripture that uh, Evelyn loves to share with us that we find in Ezekiel, where God makes the promise that he will one day take out that heart of stone and instead give Mm -hmm. his people a heart of flesh. And if that has happened with you, we want you to share with others how that has happened with you and the difference that that has made in your life. And if that hasn't happened and you are cold and hard and bitter on the inside, we want you to know that this unknown God, he is the creator of the universe and he doesn't live in temples. Uh, but he is willing to dwell in the hearts of men. Mm. And in order to know him, you simply need to admit that you are a sinner. You need to repent and turn from that sin. And then you turn to Jesus, the Son of God, and accept the gift that God has given, his forgiveness that he offers you uh, when he, he died for you on that cross. And you need to believe that your sins are forgiven and ask that you do receive the Holy Spirit, that he would be delighted to give it to you. And as you confess faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you keep that connection fresh and you connect with him daily. You join us on Saturdays at 2 p.m. and we're going to walk you through more of how to love talk and love walk with this Savior, your God, Jesus Christ. If you'd like to email or call us on the love line at 512-249-65. Three, five, if you don't have a Bible, we'd love to put one in your hand. Come see us on the lovetalknetwork.com. That's lovetalknetwork.com. You can get our past radio shows in our archives that can talk to you more about this dynamic relationship with the God of the universe, Jesus Christ, who loves you. We look forward to talking with you again next week. Carrie, Evelyn, oh, so good being in the studio with you. And listeners will be again with you next week. This is Kathy Enderbrock with Let's Pray Today Ministries. Are you struggling in your marriage with anxiety and depression? Have rebellious kids or, or just want to pray for your children? Maybe you simply don't know where to start in prayer. We specialize in creating the tools to help you learn how to pray and pray effectively in a variety of life issues. Get your free MP3 download today on the topic of your choice. Go to www.letspraytoday.com and click on shop for your free audio prayer download. Become a friend on Facebook and let us 
us know what prayer topic you need help with. You know, the world has changed, and getting connected is really no longer a trend. It's a reality, and it's happening all around you, leaving you to wonder how do you get connected to your customers while staying ahead of the digital revolution and your competition. Well, Texas SEO is a Christian-based online marketing company, and they're the partner you can always rely on to navigate through the ever-evolving digital landscape. To schedule your free consultation and digital analysis, call Texas SEO at 1-888-988-9736 or visit the website texasseo.com or simply Google Christian SEO Company and you'll find them in the first position.